0: I just really would like to make an impact somehow, some way, and I'm still trying to figure that out. I just have really come to a space where I'm like, I don't care. However, the person taking it in receives it, that's a whole other form of art.
1: Welcome to Around River City. It's the podcast about the people, businesses, places, events, and everything that makes this such a really cool place to call home. I'm Ken Cooper, and this time around we're talking with a a local lacrosse visual artist. Her name is Tiffany Lavender, and for her, her art is both therapy and a way to communicate. She's got a lot of causes that she feels very strongly about, and she feels as though she can express those feelings best through art. So we'll talk about that. I do want to let you know there are some points in the conversation where we talk very straightforwardly about our bodies and some of our body parts. And if you want to pass by those parts, that's quite all right. But stick around because it's a great conversation with local artist Tiffany Lavender. It's coming up on Around River City. This is Around River City. I'm Ken Cooper, and if you know me, you know that I really love artists. I love to talk with artists, and I, I really do like to ask the big question that I know is unanswerable, and I am going to ask this artist that question. So let's get the conversation started. How about a quick introduction?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Tiffany Lavender. I am a visual artist. I do graphic design and Art,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, graphic design always to me seems like it's that's that's the artisanship part of art. It's it serves a purpose. It's it's usually people pay you to do that.
0: Yes, right? yes. And then
1: art is well, that's a good question. I told you I was going to ask this open-ended question. What is art?
0: Um, that is a very open-ended question. I know it's and, an
1: awful and, question. There's no answer, but <laughs> there
0: is no answer. I guess I would just say. Art is what's in your heart and putting it out there either visually or musically. There's so many different forms that you can express art. And I think really that's what it is, is an expression.
1: And that's, that's anything whose purpose is to generate an emotional reaction, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's a very good way to put it.
1: So, um, and you like doing that.
0: I do. Okay. Yeah. Um, I never really did. Growing up, I was very much um, a law-abiding citizen of the patriarchy. Um, Just very much what everyone wanted me to be. And I think I just got to a point where I was just like, that's not who I really am.
1: Right, right. And I think there's a lot of that going on right now. Yeah. And I... I Definitely want to get to that. But let's um you've we you've kind of planted us right in the middle of the conversation. So let's go back. Okay. <laughs> I would love to know how you got into art, how you came to art in the first place. You're from lacrosse, right?
0: I am from lacrosse. I was born and raised in lacrosse. I uh-huh. moved away when I was eighteen. I just had to get out of here, hated it, felt like there's nothing to do here.
1: Everybody sort of feels that way about their hometown.
0: I think so, yeah. Um, And so, you know, experiencing other places, and then I got into a bad situation and ended up back home, and uh, with the goal that I'd be out of here in a year. I give myself a year to Mm -hmm. get my feet back on the ground. How
1: long ago was that?
0: That was in 2014, so... (laughs) That's
1: more than a year. Yep, yep.
0: I just fell in love with the area, and I don't think I really ever want to leave permanently.
1: Yeah. So, fresh eyes on home.
0: yeah yeah
1: what was different about your perspective do you think
0: um most likely the the bad relationship that I had ended up in it just really put me in a completely different mindset, which was a uh, very low self esteem and then coming back here and just having a sense of community and and wholeness and realizing not only the beauty in the city itself and the scenery but but with the community as well. That just really opened a whole new me up.
1: Oh, that's great. And you were creating art at the time?
0: I was, yeah. yeah. I've been designing since 2009. I went to school in Green Bay. That's when I moved away, and I decided to go to school up there. Uh, Finished out here, though, when I moved back in in 2014.
1: Do you happen to remember the first thing you um like I, I noticed on your is it instagram or facebook it says you're a professional colorer <laughs> which i love <laughs> um the first thing you created i'm assuming most of your art is visual drawing painting um, but do you remember yeah. the first thing you created that either you or someone else was like well okay
0: yeah i this is funny i um back to that kind of self-esteem thing. When I was in third grade, I drew this colossal picture of a dragon um, and brought it to school. And I was like, my cousin drew this. (laughs) (laughs) Because I didn't want to say it was for me in case nobody liked it. And um, people were really impressed. And that was something that I really remember.
1: And that kind of vulnerability is... As frightening as, or would you say it's as frightening as physical vulnerability or any other kind?
0: Uh, Possibly, sometimes, yeah. I think everybody's different and depends on where they are in life.
1: As you create things, do you still feel some of that, uh, the stress and anxiety of that vulnerability? Or are you used to it now?
0: Not anymore. I just have really come to a space where I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how people react. If I feel like I'm not hurting anybody Mm -hmm. in in a sense where some people are, their feelings are going to be hurt, but that's in a way where that's their own responsibility and not mine.
1: I think that's always the other person's responsibility. I mean, obviously there are malicious things that can be done and said, Yeah. but yeah, our reactions to something uh, are, you know, every therapist I've ever talked to has told me that's on me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. Is uh, your art therapy for you? Has it been?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, especially this past year. Um, I I quit my corporate job in okay. um, 2021 and have been doing my art full-time since then. And so just kind of figuring out who I am in a major part of 2020, and then that led to me quitting my job, and then still just in the process of learning who I am and what I stand for, and stepping out of that people pleasing role that I have been in my whole life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's very therapeutic, and I think it's just like there's so much empowerment in it.
1: How did you do it? So, well, let's go back to 2020. You said you were investigating then who you were. Mm-hmm. What? What started you thinking that you had been in town for five or six years again? Yeah. Um, what 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 tipped you over and over the edge and started telling you to think about yourself more?
0: I feel like it really was a, um, a series of events. I got into this MLM company, and I did really love the products. I still do, but I was like really focused on that and was trying to shift my physical appearance to align with the people that I wanted to, you know, draw in. And I went to this design conference for work. And um, while I was there, there was another conference going on that was very much the group of people that I thought I wanted to attract and that I wanted to be like. And I got so sick there I Hmm. and I couldn't do any of the um, networking and stuff because I didn't want to get anybody else sick and I went to this speakers um, her name is escaping me right now she's a British artist and her whole message was who are you without your titles Who are you? So your title is mother, as employee, as spouse, you know, all these things. Would artist
1: be one of your titles?
0: I mean, yeah, I I think so. And I was just stuck in my room really thinking, who the F am I? (laughs) (laughs) I had no clue. And so I was journaling all these things that I thought I am and what I thought I wanted to be. And it just really opened my mind up to constantly contemplating this not I mean I'm it's not really a theory, but this concept of who am I? And it just kinda of snowballed and then, you know, 2020 the pandemic happened and I was working from home, which was so stressful and I had four kids at home doing schoolwork. And that's something that I never thought I could do. I didn't think I could work from home mm-hmm. without them, much less work at home with them. And so <laughs> here I am forced into this situation. Yeah. And then I was just like, okay, I think I can do this. And I started taking more um, commissioned work, um, doing logos and drawings and. I was doing some editing work for a friend of mine who's also a graphic designer and has been doing her own business for 10 years. And so it's just like those things added up and it just felt right.
1: Isn't it interesting how huge life-changing change happens in such tiny little movements, Mm -hmm. you know, you had this happen and then this happen, and did yeah. you even realize you were making those changes sometime while you were doing it?
0: No, no. I actually did an interview with you might know a Mauricio Peterson. Mm-hmm. I think is his last name. Um, and he asked me, "Where do you see yourself in five years or so?" And he's like, "I didn't. I didn't see myself quitting my job at all. I saw myself retiring there, but continuing to do my art on the side." And uh, <laughs> a few months later, I decided. I am going to do this. I gave my notice. I gave six months notice at my job. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was just kind of like a, again, there was an event at work that happened, and I was already considering this change, and then there was something at work when I was just like, that's it. I was like at the top of the roller coaster, and that was just the push that I needed.
1: So how do you feel now?
0: I feel... Um euphoric I just feel kind of in this like floating space just going along with whatever's coming I, I can't really put a specific feeling to it I do feel happy um, I feel accomplished I feel driven comfortable in a sense that I am just going to do whatever I want to do
1: Well, that's got to feel amazing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you chose to put yourself in a position where you could do what you want to do. Yeah. I think that is something that almost everybody listening to this podcast, me included, is going to be very jealous of.
0: (laughs) I hear that a lot. Like, uh, you know, it must be really awesome. It, It is. It is really awesome working for myself and just honestly doing whatever I want to do. Whatever I can get away with that's my that's my quote.
1: <laughs> I love that
0: uh but there are a lot of behind the scene things that you
1: sure oh there's yeah there's there's stresses and there's challenges and mm-hmm. there's responsibilities, whether you're working for someone else or working for yourself. yeah, true you know I, honestly, I've always had a little bit of a hard time with that phrase. Where they say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> I, there is, there are still work elements and responsibilities, even if you're yeah. doing what you love. I think.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then you've just made what you love your job. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a conversation with the the photographer who was taking my senior pictures in high school about uh, being a photographer, and maybe he was just didn't want competition. But the, he told me he said, "I'll give you some advice." If what you love doing is taking pictures, don't make it a profession because that's, and I've talked to chefs, you know, chef owners of restaurants here in town. And they've said, if what you really want to do is cook, don't own a restaurant because I don't spend much time in the kitchen anymore at all once I own the place.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I find myself working a lot from like the moment i wake up to the moment i go to sleep and sometimes i only sleep four hours a night but for my brain that's what works for me Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but then i'll have days where i just lay on the couch and do nothing (laughs) having that freedom means a lot
1: oh freedom that does sound good doesn't it I'm Ken Cooper. This is Around River City and we're in the middle of a conversation with local artist Tiffany Lavender. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that phase of her life that she's been working to get out of and also a word that neither one of us seems to like very much. That's on the way as Around River City continues. <laughs> I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. By the way, you can find the podcast anywhere you download your podcasts. It's absolutely free, and you can also subscribe to the podcast. That's also free, and we'll send you a notification every time we have a new episode. Let's get back to my conversation with local artist Tiffany Lavender. You know, you talked about being a people pleaser for so much of your life, and that made me think of the word should, Mm -hmm. and we spend so much time doing what we think we should do and being who we should be. Yeah. um, Can you talk, does that, how does that resonate with you?
0: I think that's, that's very, very true. And to be able to step away from that is so empowering. But again, it's like, how, how do you step away from that? It's, it's something that you just have to tell yourself. You, You have to unlearn, unlearn that. I can't, have dessert until I eat this, I should eat this and then I can have Mm -hmm. dessert or I should get up and go to the gym or I should do this or that.
1: Well, or I should say this and not this, or I should not say anything. Absolutely. That's a, that's a biggie. I think
0: it's huge.
1: And I think in, uh, in today's world, I think that, well, specifically the concept of, I should not say anything is finally, starting to go away Mm -hmm. and i think that's it seems like to me that's been the biggest change it's not that and i've talked to a lot of and i'll admit mostly older men who are so frustrated because they can't say the same things to women that they used to say and why has everything changed i think what's changed is they're not taking it anymore Mm -hmm. and i think your art addresses that
0: yeah, I tried to, in a sense. Um, for example, I just made a shirt that says, if nipples offend you, I'm sorry that you're a little bitch. <laughs> 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 and while I made it, it was something that I had on my mind for quite some time. And even while I was making it, I was just like, I know I'm going to get so much you know, flack for this. Is it even g- going to do well? And... The reaction is it's received surprisingly well, especially with women who are breastfeeding. Um, They love it. I just did an event on Saturday and there was like five different women that had little babies that all wanted that shirt because of the message that it sends like, why are nipples so offensive? And again, it was like, I shouldn't say this but well and the
1: interesting thing is it's not it's not nipples that are offensive it's women's nipples.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Which is I I don't know what that is. I <laughs>
0: It's the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Trying to accommodate um men.
1: I think that men are are jealous of women and um in a way afraid of women. Not in a way they are afraid of women. Mhm. Do, do you yes. or is there anything I'm missing?
0: I feel like, simply put, that's what it is. It's, uh, you know, so much of these kind of patriarchal standards are based around men's egos. Women can't wear revealing clothes because that means they're a whore. Right.
1: But because of how it? the men will react. Like we talked about earlier, the reaction is on the person reacting, mm-hmm. not on the person who is doing whatever it is that they're doing.
0: Exactly. I mean, we can't just exist as we are because if we're too fat or if we're too ugly or we're too revealing we're always too something and it's all comes down to men's
1: egos i've always wondered why and i don't know if this is just men i think it's, it's society as, as a whole and i know we're a very puritanical society here in america i think i think anyway we really seem to be our bodies scare us, and I don't know why
0: and and sexuality particularly that goes along
1: with that, yeah, yeah,
0: particularly for for women. I yeah. think this is something that I've really been focusing on this year is women in particular should be able to feel sexy and not just and I don't say beautiful because a beautiful is a different feeling than sexy. Uh, we're so ashamed mm-hmm. of nudity and sexuality, and
1: and I think a lot of guys have decided that the only woman they're going to think looks good is that photoshopped picture on well, it used to be magazines, but on their phones now mm-hmm. that they see. Yep, and I I don't understand why we would let ourselves do that when there is this whole world out there that is beautiful,
0: absolutely beautiful. And like you said, it's like what some people may see as flaws. There's so much beauty in that personality. I think personality is a very, very strong feeling there.
1: Instead of looking for the things that are beautiful, why don't we look at things, people, and events and moments and see the beauty in them? Mm -hmm. Is that possible?
0: (laughs) Right. And even if you can't find the beauty in someone else, mind your business.
1: Yeah. So did you ever get any flack on the If My Nipples Offend You t-shirt?
0: I haven't yet, no.
1: And have you been selling them?
0: I have, yes. Yes.
1: Been popular. Yeah.
0: That one's been really popular. And another one is I Love My City and Ass and Titties. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I saw that one. I, I saw that.
0: That came about, I think it may even have been you that was like, your art is so different. You have some realism. And then I had a lot of city artwork based around the cross, mm-hmm. And um, that question really festered in my brain for a while. And I was like, well, you know, I just, I love my city in the female form, mm-hmm. but th- that doesn't rhyme. So I said, I love my city in ass and titties. <laughs> you know,
1: sometimes, sometimes you just need to go for what rhymes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> Why do you want to use your art? to send messages or communicate with people. Do you see, you know, I was wondering, I was going to ask you about art as a tool, and then I thought of the word weapon, and I didn't like the word weapon. I, what, where do you fall there?
0: Uh, I think tool is, is better. I don't really think what I'm doing is um, weaponry. Yeah.
1: Well, that's good i didn't either and i i didn't even know why i you know so many you know we have these wars on everything yes these days and so i guess that's probably why i went there but why do you use your why is it important to you to use your art as a tool to communicate and and to communicate the particular messages you're communicating
0: uh i think mostly because i have a really hard time communi- communicating any other way um I have a very hard time finding words for things, especially when I'm talking out loud. If I'm writing, things might flow a little easier, but um, I just get kind of stuck. My brain's moving so fast all the time, and the best way for me to get things out is visually. Um, and yeah.
1: And why is it important for you to say what you're saying, confronting the patriarchy?
0: Um, it's important to me because it oppressed me for so long. And, um, I didn't know who I was for so long because of it. You're this little girl just getting shoved into a box, into this square box. So you're supposed to be this way. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed Should, to dress this way. Shoulds, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to talk like this. You're supposed to act like this. Um, and finally realizing that, all of that was to please men, and that's really all it was. Um, I would just, I would like to make a difference somehow, some way for other girls that may be feeling that way, or not even just girls. I think it's it's very important in the LGBTQ plus community as well, um, because they're so very oppressed by what we're taught you should be straight you should be white you should be mm-hmm. male mm-hmm. or you should be pleasing the male
1: well and I've, I've heard the argument it says this on your birth certificate so how can you think you're not that
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean <laughs> and i feel like it maybe if we didn't have all these other standards like only girls can have long hair and only Boys can have short hair and only girls can wear dresses and paint their nails and wear makeup if we didn't have all these standards.
1: I mean Well and I and humans it must be a it must be maybe a biological thing that we need to categorize. We're taught. Yeah.
0: That we need to, to think that way. And we're starting to veer into a more open minded direction, I feel, and I just hope to continue down that road.
1: Yeah, I do seem to think that actual change is happening glacially, mm-hmm. but it's things that were never accepted before, and I've been around for a fairly long time. In, well, in fact, I'll tell you, I have, I have another daughter who is 30, and things that were completely unacceptable or not even talked about when she was 13 are now almost everyday normal conversations for my my daughter who is 13 mm-hmm. right
0: now i think that's so important for for that more open-minded version of a world to be available for these kids
1: I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for listening in on this conversation with artist Tiffany Lavender. This is Around River City. You can find us at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you download your podcasts. And by the way, AroundRiverCity.com is a great place to keep up with activities and events and all sorts of things that are happening around the area. So check in often at AroundRiverCity.com. More with Tiffany Lavender when we come back. I'm Ken Cooper, and this is Around River City. We're right in the middle of a great conversation with local visual artist Tiffany Lavender. Let's get right back to it. So what are, you, what are your hopes with your art? I'm sure that's not all of who you are.
0: No, no, it's not. Um, uh, my hopes are, honestly, right now... I do, I, making money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's a good hope. That is the world we live in. We yeah. do live in that world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I need to survive. Um, that's one of my main hopes. But also, like I said, I just really would like to make an impact somehow, some way. And I'm still trying to figure that out. I don't, you know, t shirts are just a, such a small part. But if it helps someone else become a little more bold and a little more brave to say what they're feeling then i mean i think that's my next greatest hope
1: who else are you what what else have you got going on what else interests you and excites you
0: well uh i I mean i'm still trying to figure that out too
1: (laughs) yeah i think that's a lifelong process if you if you do it right it's a lifelong process uh i would love to see some of your self portraits. Maybe I maybe I have. I don't know if the it, that the show that I saw you at at uh, the the Roots Festival. If you had any self portraits, or, or
0: I don't I don't sell any okay. self portraits. But um,
1: I would love to see some of those. It. I just think about what's the importance of a self portrait.
0: Well, I don't know. I haven't done one in a really long time. I used to do them to, for practice, um, but.
1: Do you ever surprise yourself with the results of what you have drawn yourself to be?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's kind of funny when you're you're saying selfies versus self-portraits. Um, when I was in college, we were doing different kind of mediums, and when we were doing acrylic, I I painted this picture of myself and my kids, and in that one, I. I painted it from a selfie and I was looking very much alive. I just had a baby. I also had a toddler and a, a preteen. So <laughs>
1: hmm. I
0: was tired. Yeah. And in, in the selfie, I looked very much awake and, and youthful and and pretty, you know, so to say. Uh, and then when we were doing oils, I was looking in the mirror and I had my baby strapped to me in my little carrier and I painted how tired I was and Mm. I'm not gonna say haggard but you know
1: (laughs) I think I think most moms can know what you were trying to say
0: yeah and so I remember somebody saying it's like it looks like um real life versus Instagram
1: is it artistic expression is there is what are what do you think your kids are getting out of that and
0: so mine aren't really into selfies i've got my teenagers are just very much um nerds I, there's no other way to put it they, <laughs> they like to play video games okay and um i mean they'll hang out with friends once in a while but they're not really interested in in selfies or social media and stuff like that yet which i'm okay. thankful for mm-hmm. the younger two are Too young for social media or cell phones or stuff like that. So I'm sure the younger two, they will get into that kind of selfie stuff. But when they do, I think that I just hope that it's not for social media because social media, I know, can be very unkind and unforgiving. Yes. And the negative comments. Will stick more with them than positive comments ever will, and right. so,
1: and that's not because of social media. I think that's been true forever. Mm-hmm. Are you nervous about social media and what it might become by the time your youngers get to that age?
0: a little bit a little bit, but i I hope that our relationship is open enough to um offset whatever may happen on social media.
1: Yeah. Let's hope for open communication and honesty and comfort.
0: Exactly. I think that that's so important to be able to to speak about your kids, about their bodies. Uh, I, this past show that I had, um, I, and I don't have any um, vulva drawings, but okay. I, I do have a lot of breasts uh, and... There was two different families that came through that stuck out to me. One, The first one that came through, she had a little girl with her and she made her turn around while she and face her while she looked through my stuff. And she's like, oh, this stuff's not for, for kids. And then there was another one, family that came through where the mom and the daughter and the daughter had to be about six. And um, she's like, isn't this beautiful? Isn't this beautiful? And she was showing all of them and and the little girl was just like you know going along yeah I really like this one I really like that one or you know whatever and just that openness to this is not shameful this is a a body and uh I think that's just that was really cool to see because Mm -hmm. I know that my stuff is not gonna be well received by everyone but to see someone teaching their child that you don't have to be ashamed of nudity
1: Yeah. yeah Is it okay for people to not be that comfortable with those things?
0: I mean, who am I to say that it is or isn't okay? Everybody's going to have their own opinions on, on that kind of thing. I think that the world would be a better place if everybody was okay with it because I feel like we're really teaching, especially for young girls, we're teaching them. You can't be seen naked because when somebody sees you naked, then that means that you belong to them in mm. in, a, in a roundabout way. That's just like kind of the message. Why why can't we be seen mm-hmm. naked? This is my natural body.
1: And I wonder if we if our brains sort of put together then the all the allegorical nakedness, like my emotions mm-hmm. and my vulnerability. I can't show you any of those things.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I get like the whole stranger thing, you're, you, you don't want people to see or, or or touch you in those spots, but aren't we saying like, you're making it more available to them, to predators, if you're showing, showing yourself. It's like, we're accommodating men. Right, again. Mm-hmm. Not to say that women can't be predators, but...
1: I'm just going to ask this question. If, if it's okay. stupid, uh, you let me know. Um, is it all men's fault?
0: Um, I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs>
1: what a great answer.
0: <laughs> it's been a problem what for a forever.
1: I've known uh, very conservative people that are wonderful um, and I've known very liberal people who are assholes, mm-hmm. and I've known men that are nothing like the men that we've talked about, yeah. and women who are somewhat like that. I don't know. If I, I'm not trying to be a defender of anything, but I, no. you know, it's nothing is black and white.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You never, you never really know. I think it's all about the the actions of the person.
1: I just want to end talking about art. Why do you love it? Or do you love it?
0: I do. I do love art. I love the expression, being able to express whatever it is that you want to express. And then however the the person taking it in receives it, that's a whole other form of art. I think being able to make people think whether they're thinking the same thing that you are thinking when you created it or something new they're thinking and um, I think that's my favorite part about it is just creating this kind of chain of thought
1: hey maybe we've actually found an answer for that big unanswerable question what is art a chain of thought Thank you, Tiffany Lavender, for being a part of Around River City. What a great conversation. Be listening for more episodes to come. And again, you can subscribe to the podcast for free anywhere you download your podcasts. And you'll get an alert every time we put out a new episode. I'm Ken Cooper. Thanks for being a part of the conversation.